Hi, I'm Andalisi. And I'm Chef James Regato. And in this episode of Essential Cooking, we sit down with Fred Serini, a food influencer in Dearborn, Michigan, whose day job as a clay sculptor for Ford Motor Company plays very nicely into his reverse engineering mindset for food. We only scratched the surface when we talked with him about Dearborn, Michigan, which is home to the largest Arab American population in the country. So today's guest, we have Fred Serini, who is, I don't want to say an accidental food influencer, not that anything you do is not purposeful, but you have a day job. You're not necessarily uh, the typical food influencer, but because you focus on halal cuisine and specifically Dearborn cuisine. But yeah, well, and your, your day job. I am a, uh, a clay sculptor at Ford Design. Which is awesome. That's yeah. a very interesting job. Okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a daytime mudslinger. <laughs> uh, when did, how long have you been doing that? I just entered my 22nd year, so yeah, it's been a minute. And how has that work? How has yeah. that work changed over those 22 years? Well, not a whole lot. A lot of it used to be done uh, mechanically by hand. Now we have milling to do most of that, and. Of course, the introduction of AutoCAD too, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But I, I actually got to see a little bit of the old school and now the new stuff. So I've watched it progress, which is pretty cool to see. Do you and, like what you see in the progression? Sometimes change is not great, and sometimes it really does make a difference in a positive way. Yes, uh, yes, and no. I mean, it, it, the, a lot of things have made a lot of the technology have made things easier for us, uh, but. Overall, you still need a three-dimensional model that you can actually walk around and look at. You know, it's just you seeing it on the screen mm-hmm. is never going to suffice right. ever. So you're always going to need clay modelers. You're always going to need them. Isn't that something? No yeah. matter how far ahead we've gotten with technology, yeah. they still need for you to make it with your Be- hands. Yeah, because the the design will literally sometimes start on a bar napkin. I mean, I'm sure you've heard the cliche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times it really does happen that way. It, it's a sketch that a designer will do on a piece of paper or sometimes a napkin. <laughs> and and we breathe it into life, into a three-dimensional life. And so while you're sculpting, are you thinking about food? I am always <laughs> thinking about food. <laughs> and so when, so when, so this is your day job for years. Yes. For 20, you said 21 years. Well, at Ford, so I've been at it since out of high school. I've been in the industry, so yeah. But at Ford, I've been 22 years. And so how long then have you kind of, you know, because I feel like you're like, with your your Instagram page and kind of your guiding of the halal cuisine, how, how did this kind of like start? Like when did you start getting a little more serious about being a, a, you know, a kind of a mouthpiece of like food? So I honestly, I, I, th- I think I've been a foodie ever since I can remember, really. Uh, and I know some people, like, they shy away from that that label, foodie, mm-hmm. you know. I don't mind it. I, because to me, it means you love food. You love sharing it. You love eating it. You love making it, you know. So And that's where I'm at, right? you know. Uh, but the, the way it, it started out for me as, as far as, like, Instagram, before Instagram, believe it or not, I actually have old 35-millimeter you know, uh, uh, 
what do you call them? Negatives? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that it is. is. Yeah. Yep. Where I've taken pictures of food. Yeah, right. <laughs> just for me, you know? <laughs> I've never shared them. They're yeah. just there in an album somewhere at home, yeah. you know? But the old 35 millimeter cameras. Mm-hmm. So you've been documenting what you've been eating yeah, for as and, long as you can remember. And it started out, like, I still do it to this day. As a matter of fact, I was at dinner yesterday in uh, in Birmingham, and uh, I was with uh, Lindsey Green. She just, yeah, 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 yeah she, food writer. She, she just got nominated for a Pulitzer. Yeah, I saw that. It's incredible. So I, I was sitting next to her, and she asked me something similar. And I said, you know, when when you eat food, like the food that's in front of you right now, what's going through your mind? Mm-hmm. And she looked puzzled for a minute. I go, well, let me tell you what goes through my mind. What goes through my mind is I'm trying to reverse engineer what I'm tasting. Mm-hmm. How do I make this? You know, how do I make this at home? Because I love it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And the things that I don't love, I'll be like, how do I improve it? Mm-hmm. What does this need to be better? You know, that's what goes through my mind. And it's always been that way. And that's why I started taking those photos, you know, in the beginning. I wanted to remember what it looked like so that I could recreate it. At Got home, it. You know, and it's always been a thing for me where... I when I really really enjoy something, or if I see or hear something uh, that isn't halal of uh, Cuban sandwiches, right? You know, it's yeah. pork on pork on pork, right? right? right. It's like, I, man, everyone talks about Cuban. I want a Cuban sandwich <laughs> so bad. Yeah. So I finally made one from veal and used turkey ham. I thought it was fantastic. I mm. thought it turned out great. You yeah. know, uh, where I'm sure people that eat pork will be like. No, not the same, dude. Right, right. Not the same. But all I know is what I had was freaking delicious. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, all I care, you know? So when, when, um, so I guess like when did you notice that people wanted to kind of, because everything you're saying is very, very much about you, kind of like your perspective. Yeah. When did you realize that people wanted to actually hear your perspective? When, like you need to start sharing tips and, and, you know, uh, be more of a guide. Yeah. Well, let me, there's a couple things. One of them is like on a slow day, I'll get maybe 30, you know, DMs asking me where I should go to eat for my anniversary or, yeah. or what should, or, or for a recipe or something, you know? Uh, so I feel like I have a, almost like a duty, right? you know, to these people that I feel bad for them, you know, because I remember what it was like for me starting out, like my wife and I, we didn't have many places to go eat because we were halal eaters, mm-hmm. uh, but we still enjoyed dining. So we'd always end up in either Birmingham or Royal Oak or Ferndale or, you know, wherever, somewhere other than Dearborn, Dearborn Heights to eat. Uh, and I was like, man, I, I want my city to be the destination right. city. You know, how do I do that? So I started focusing on you know, highlighting what's really good around me, you know? Uh, and and they were kind of like sleeper things, you know, things and some things that people never heard of, you know? Like I, I put uh, fate up. I, I don't know if you know what fate is. It's like, it's a yogurt dish where it's either beef or lamb. Sometimes it's stewed with uh, onions and chickpeas. And then there's a garlic yogurt poured all over it. And then uh, uh, ghee butter, you know, is poured on top with some, uh, pine nuts, some roasted pine nuts. Yeah. It's, it's a delicious dish with, uh, I forgot the main part, which is uh, fried pita or mm. or baked or toasted pita or Arabic bread. Uh, but 
it's a very simple thing, but it's very common amongst, you know, Arab people, especially Lebanese people. It's very, very common. And people, for a while, you never would see it on a menu anywhere, why, any why restaurant. Though? It sounds so delicious. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like, it's it's weird because these are things that you make at home and you think, who the hell is going to come to a restaurant to eat this? You know what I mean? Because for you, it's not new. It's old. And it's like done over and over and over again. You know what I mean? So for you, it's old. But to somebody who's never heard of it or even seen it, it's very new Mm -hmm. and it's very good. You know, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like how my work is. You know, I get to see like the Ford GT, beautiful supercar, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I was looking at it for quite some time before it ever was released and put on the road. So by the time it put out, it was put on the road, to me, it was old news, right. you know? Yeah. But to everybody else, they were all excited. They're like, oh my God, look what Ford did. This yeah. thing is amazing, you know? And I was like, yeah, I was like that two years ago Yeah. <laughs> when I saw the first sketch, you right. know? I think, That's where I was. I think for, for Southeast Michiganders, you know, Dearborn is one of those, I mean, Dearborn has so much delicious food. I'm a chef. I've spent my whole life cooking. And like, I get overwhelmed with like, trying to dissect what's going on in Dearborn. You know, my business partner's Chaldean, so I have a little bit of, uh, of you know, of a, uh, of a circle that has some Arabic cuisine, so I've, I've been exposed to some. But, I mean, there's so many different cultures and styles, and then, you know, I think religion has, is interesting, too, because, like, with yeah. Ramadan, you know, obviously Chaldeans are Catholic, and then mm-hmm. Ramadan is obviously, a, you know, diets uh, change and restaurant business hours change. Yep. Like, there's so much to learn and unpack in Dearborn. It's I find it to be, honestly, thrilling. And, I mean, I'm... I'm completely going to call you and we're going to do a food <laughs> tour. But I mean, I would, I would honestly, I mean, I think you need to do food tours uh, weekly almost. You probably could quit your, your, your day job and just do food tours of Dearborn because really. I thought about it. I mean, I, <laughs> I really have. I swear I would you pay, I would it. pay good money for yeah. it because like, I want to know so much more. And I think, you know, the average, the average person in Michigan, like, you know, the, the average like non-Arabic person doesn't know a ton of like, you know, uh, you know, Arabic words or, you know, it's not like, it's like you go, you can read a menu in French and you can probably pick up most of what's going on there. For me, when I see Arabic writing or if I hear Arabic words, I'm like, I don't know, it's, like, yeah, it's a blind chicken spot. Chicken scratches. Right. So <laughs> to me, I'm like, I would love to know more and then have the confidence to like yeah. order, go in, try new things. Um, and I mean, then you have like, I mean, how many different countries can you off the top of your head name that are, that cuisine is represented in Dearborn? Oh my God! Uh, yeah, it's quite a few. I right. mean, obviously Lebanon, uh, Iraq. Uh, I mean, p- pretty much every Middle Eastern country yeah. is represented I mean, in Dearborn, you know, I mean, like, and that's a lot of them. It, you know, right. anywhere from Jordan to Palestine, yeah, to, Yemen. I mean, yeah, Yemen. I mean, Saudi Arabian. You know, there's uh, Egyptian. Uh, so many, and those. I mean, and they're different. They're and the, very different. The cities inside these countries vary, very. Let alone, you know, I mean, like this. I'm sure the neighborhoods of the cities vary, very much. Let alone the countries, yes. Let alone the cuisines, the people, etc. So, I mean, I like I said, I find it to be thrilling. I wish I had more uh, access to to Dearborn, and that's kind of why I wanted to have you on the show today. Yeah. Is because, like, what do you think? Like, what makes Dearborn special? Um, what are some of your favorite just things to do and eat in Dearborn? For my, 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 one of my favorite places to eat is Dearborn meat market. Oh, it's, yeah, totally. Yeah. I, mean, I love that place. <laughs> so because cool. it's so simple. Well, oh describe, describe it. Well, it, it's basically a butcher shop. 
It really is. It's what it is. You walk in the front, it's a butcher shop. In the back, there's a grill that was built in a, in in like almost like a sunroom. And there's a grill that's built into the uh, wall. And that grill has uh, a, a hardwood charcoal that they use with oak, real hardwood oak underneath. And they're cooking that meat. The meat's never frozen. Mm-hmm. It comes in fresh. Uh, right off like a side of a cow. You'll see. A, I've, I've been there when, when they bring in this whole side of beef and they, they butcher it up and they'll make kafta. Uh, they do chicken too. Right. Uh, no lamb because the owner, Abu Ali, he, he's like, no, that stinks to get that out of here. <laughs> he doesn't like lamb? He's like, no, that no stinks. Lamb. Get it out of here. <laughs> you know, I, I won't have lamb because it stinks. I love lamb. But yeah, I, I do too. Yeah, but yeah, no. He is right though. No, when, yeah. when it's raw and it's in your place, it does have a smell it's sure. kind of like walking into a, a poultry place that you know uh, slaughters their own poultry mm-hmm. it's really yeah, stinky smell it, yeah. yeah it's pretty much right around the same you know situation so that's why he's like no none of it but yeah they keep everything very very simple and the way it was designed is the way i ate growing up like sure. when i went to my uncle's house or my dad or my mom the way they would cook is like you know they'd Go to the butcher. They, we never bought meat at Kroger. Mm-hmm. We never bought meat, you know, at a grocery store. We always went to a butcher. You know, that's the way it's done in the old country, and that's the way it's done here. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with the whole halal scene. So we we don't know what frozen meat is. You, right. you kind of don't know it, and when you have it, you know it. Yeah, because you grow up not eating it. When you have it, you know it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So you could tell when it's frozen. But anyway, it's it's all about fresh and then right to the fire and into your mouth. And they do things like, <laughs> you know, hearts. There's like, you yeah. know, they, they do different cuts. Yeah, he has sweet cuts. breads. Yeah. He has hearts and kidneys too, uh, beef heart and beef kidney uh, and liver, which you could order raw too. So, and every day the side of beef is fresh. Uh, I'm not sure how long it's aged. I've heard that it's maybe a day or two, mm-hmm. uh, which some people say, oh, no, we, we want it aged longer or whatever. Honestly, uh, it's well, just go as to, good. Go I, taste for yourself. Yeah, you know, go taste yeah, for yourself. I think it's job. great. Yeah. Where, where else? Uh, where else? My uh, Another place that I love to frequent is uh, AB's Amazing Ribs. Uh, a- a- AB's Amazing Ribs and Sauce actually is the name of the place. But they're in Dearborn Heights on Ford Road near, near Inkster. And the reason I go there is because uh, the chef owner, he's he's a perfectionist. He will not put anything on the menu until he has cooked it, you know, at least six dozen times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's got to get it perfect. Like I remember the first time he had me come in and taste his ribs. I thought it was the most amazing thing I ever had in my life. And he's like, yeah, it's just not right. Hmm. I need to tweak it some more. Come back. A week taste it this is amazing i i don't remember if it was as good last week <laughs> yeah. or if it's better now he's like no it's definitely better i'm like well, whatever it is it's amazing yeah i loved it before i love it now you yeah. know and come back a week later he's like yeah i tweaked it some more i'm like dude it was perfect to begin with you know and he's like he's always tweaking until it's perfect mm-hmm. and once it's perfect he releases it so i mean Every once in a while, we get a craving for fish and chips. I'm going there for it. Okay, it's a barbecue joint. Yeah, right. But is and I, and I kind of got mad at him 
you know, in the beginning, I'm like, why the hell do you have fish and chips at a barbecue joint? He yeah. goes, because it's the best. Yeah. That's why. That's good to know. I, and I'm I, like, what? He's like, yeah, it's the best. Try it. I'm like, how do I walk into a barbecue place and order fish and chips? I can't do it. I did it once and I do it all the time. <laughs> I do it all the time. Do you have a lot of people uh, who are making food want you to taste it before they share yeah. it with yeah, everyone else? Yeah, that happens else? a lot. Uh, more so than anything else, actually. Uh, I I don't necessarily think, then again, who knows if you have a good palate, you know? I mean, how do you know if you have a good palate? Yeah. I don't know. You think you do. But <laughs> you think you do, yeah. but I, I really, I don't think of myself that way, but others do. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's it's kind of weird, like, because I don't think of myself that way. I really don't. I just know what I like and I know what I don't like. And going back to, you know, reverse engineering things and how I can either make them better or, you know, figure out how when I taste something that's right. good, figure out how it was made. Uh, I think because of that, it makes me a better taster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I from that point of view... I, it sits right with me. But for someone to say, oh, no, you have a great palate, that doesn't really sit right with me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yes, to answer your question, I, I get that a lot. You know, we, we just want your opinion. What do you think? And in many cases, uh, I'll be like, are you it's, sure? It's terrible. You, sure <laughs> now they don't want to well, <laughs> hurt feelings. No, no, no. I want the truth. I want the truth. I'm like, are you sure you want the truth? So you, go, you so those? so someone will invite you, give you food, probably for free, and say, what do you think? And they want you, and, and you're like, yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. But, well, I don't just say I don't well, like it. Of course, it. you break yeah. it down for them. Yeah. But, I mean, it's got to sting a little bit for you and for them, right? Yeah. It, yeah. Especially for me, because I, I feel bad. Because I know what it's like to cook something for someone right. and have them taste it and go, mm. You see, know, like, uh, that wasn't. See, I, I feel, you know, to me, if it's a close friend, I'll, I'll we can talk and, yeah. you know, and have a debate or, you know, break things down. But when I go to a restaurant, I mean, even if I don't enjoy it at all, I'm like, thank you, full price, big yeah. tip, wave goodbye. I love yeah. everything. You know, like, always, I always kill them with and, kindness. And that's usually me, but every once in a they while. Want to know the tr- yeah, they're asking I, you. Hey, I really want to know. Yeah. All right, this is what I think. No, that's tough. That's, that's yeah, not an this easy is what test. what I think. You know, I'm sorry I didn't tell you this before. <laughs> I was just being nice. I wasn't lying to you, you know. Uh, but this is these are the components, and I think this could be done a little bit better. Maybe you cooked this a little bit too long. Maybe this needed to be cooked a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Maybe add a little bit of salt here, you know. Y- usually they're they're pretty close. They're, right. They just missed the mark just by, you know, yeah. just a little bit. We'll be right back right after this. The coffee culture, I feel like, in Dearborn has been upgrading as yeah. of late. Yeah. What? And I, I've been to a couple of coffee shops, uh, and I'm loving them. Yeah. What, like... Break that down for me a little bit. Is it is it is it? Am I becoming more aware, or is the coffee scene evolving in Dearborn? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, because the the whole world has always known that coffee originated in Yemen. I mean, it's just been it's been a fact. But for some reason, uh, European coffee or French roast. Right. You know, uh, I don't know when it when the French became the leaders in cuisine. I don't know when that happened. Yeah. But probably 
kings and colonizing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, probably goes probably. back somewhere around there. Yeah, but the rest of the world is over there eating really, really good yeah, food. The whole time. The whole time, <laughs> yeah. you know, and drinking really, really good drinks and really, really good coffee the whole time. And they're like, yeah, we don't get it. We don't get this whole <laughs> French thing, you right. know. There, there are there are good things from both sides. You know, you know, the French have their thing, and I get it. You know, when I cook, I do a mise en place too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. So there are some some things that they have attributed that are fantastic. Obviously, uh, especially when it comes to sauces. Um, but uh, there's a lot that I think the whole world is missing. That's coming from you know. The Middle East, for example. And, and so, so Yemen coffee culture. I mean, so is a Yemenese coffee shop the superior coffee shop to, to, to seek out? It, it depends on who you ask. Personally, I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, when I, like, I'll tell you what, you go to Kahua House and you have just a plain latte. That's so good. Just I've, a plain latte. There. I love that place. You know, forget having the Yemeni latte, which has the cardamom in mm-hmm. it. And forget that. Just have a regular latte and I'm, I'm telling you right now, the balance between milk and coffee is perfection. Mm-hmm. It's perfection. And the reason it is is because Ibrahim, the, the owner, uh, he comes from a family in Yemen that actually owns and runs a coffee farm. You know, wow. So he's grown up on that farm. He knows how to pick the berries, when to pick the berries. He knows how to roast them. He knows the different types of roasts. You know, he knows the different types of grinds. I mean, this guy knows the ins and outs of coffee. He's an expert. I mean, exactly. You're, you're... So when he's making coffee, to him, it's like breathing. Right. You know, but to anybody else, it's like, well, I need to go become a barista. I need to go learn about this. For him, it's second nature. It's yeah. just back of his hand. You know, something he's always been around. I love that coffee shop. And yeah. that's, that's no surprise. You know, I, I, I mean, I loved it just because it tasted so good, but to know that connection. Yeah. And that that is what honestly is keeping me up at night is there's probably a million stories like that. in There Dearborn, are. And it's like, I don't have, I don't know how to find them. Yeah. I don't know how to find the stories. So, I mean, what, you know, I follow you and I love, I love the content you put out because I'm constantly learning about a city that's 20 minutes from yep. my house. Like this is something we're so lucky to have Dearborn See, that, in Michigan. That was something like when I, when I would post something, I wouldn't just, it wasn't for me, it wasn't just about the picture. It was about teaching people. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Uh, and like the, one of the things that fascinate me is the origins of food, you know? Right. I'm just fascinated with it. I don't know why it's like, it's like Indiana Jones, but in the food world. No, kind of thing. Absolutely. It's, it's history. It's yeah, archaeology. It is. You're trying it, to, yeah. It's. And when it, like the first thing I remember, the first thing I learned about, and this was like years ago, must've been right out of high school. I learned that tomatoes came from South America, you know? And I'm like, do the Italians know that? <laughs> did anybody tell them that? You know, did, did they know? Uh, and it's it's weird. Like even even like noodles. You know that that started in China. Yeah, I mean, but, so but yeah, pasta's so known in, in Italy. Right. You know, it's it's like synonymous with Italy. But but it started in China. Yeah, I mean, you know, th- yeah, things like that. I I agree. I deep dive in that direction, and it's basically agriculture and you know milling of wheat and then it's basically porridge becomes a noodle or a dumpling yeah. i mean it, you know and it's even say it does definitely comes from the silk road and even that's like debatable of like where is it mongolia is it yep. china is like what because like the, you know the way you move for the harvest and the weather and you know how would you even know if a tribe was doing it earlier and then there's no evidence of it it's 
Yeah, but I mean, pa- pasta, I think, is like, like Japan perfects a lot of things, right? Like mm-hmm. ramen's from China, you know, old, you know, uh, kind of ancient sushi's from Korea. Like, you know, Japan just makes everything, they kind of perfect a lot of things. Kind of like what they did with engineering yep. and uh, automobiles as well. I mean, although Ford's the best. You know, <laughs> but, but, you know, they basically are great at engineering things, uh, you know, that kind of already exist and t- making them even better. Um, I mean, I think like, I mean, ramen to me is one of the highest art forms of any cuisine. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, Italy kind of did that with pasta. Italy kind of grabbed on a pasta. And yep. I think that like, you know, Italy know. I mean, Italy is also a, a 20 different countries mashed into one. You know I mean? It's like a very an, you know, ancient civilization and everyone, every city's got their own uh, story. But I think, you know, that's, a, and I always kind of consider Italy, like, I mean, Mediterranean, middle, it's like, it's so similar. Like, I, you know, again, I, my, my business partner is Chaldean. I mean, Chaldean culture and Italian culture is so, it feels so similar, especially with how Roman Catholic everything is. But so, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I love deep diving into the history of food. And I think that, I mean, Dearborn, I just feel like it, if you're, if you live in Dearborn, if you're, if you're of Arabic descent, I feel like it's, it seems like, like you mentioned, like, you know, with like some things feel old because it's been around so long, yeah. but they're so thrilling. But they're, they're, and it, for me, it's exciting to like take someone like you right. to eat something that I've been eating since I was a child. Because you watched me do it the, for yeah, the first time. Exactly. And then you, you're living that again. Yeah. But uh, I, I mean, we, I think for one, everyone should be following you on Instagram to learn more, <laughs> but I definitely, selfishly, we will do something in a food tour in Dearborn. But I mean, I really, I encourage you, if you have an inkling to do it, I think it's a great idea. And I know that so many of my customers would love to know more. (laughs) I would love to know more. And there's nothing better than education through eating. There is one thing about, I'm going to shy away from saying Middle Eastern. I'm going to refer to it as Lebanese because that's my wheelhouse. Okay. Okay. So I, I feel like Lebanese cuisine has has been from the beginning it, it has unwavered it hasn't been watered down to the american palate if you will you know kind of how chinese food was watered down and it became american chinese yeah, you know? there's not, there's not and now Lebanese you're seeing so yeah, much. yeah now you're seeing like chinese cuisine coming back to you know you're getting real szechuan peppers put into into dishes and they're using the ingredients that they use at home. There's more reg- yeah, more regional yeah. representation of Chinese yeah. cuisine. And yeah. Lebanese food has always been that way from the get. You know, it's always been that way and didn't need to be watered down, you know? But I think, I mean, in Dearborn specifically, we have enough population of Lebanese, of Middle Eastern, you know, community to support restaurants, right? I mean, if yes. you think about like why a Chinese American restaurant became what it was, usually it's a, it's in an area that doesn't Correct. involve a lot of Chinese communities. Yes. So if you go to Chinatown in New York, you're getting a way different experience than going to a Chinese restaurant in like, you know, Duluth. Yeah. So I, I think that that's what makes Dearborn so special. It's like, yep. there's not, I mean, I think it's, it's, I'm correct in saying it's the largest population of Middle Eastern descent in America for any one city. Yeah. So, I mean, that is, that to me, I mean, I hear just saying those words, just like, Sounds like so much culinary opportunity to go and experience foods that you can't get. Yeah, that's in the America. thing. If if you're cooking the food that everyone eats daily, you better do a damn good job. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> you can't no just go for error. It's you such know? a special city. Yeah. For America, like we don't have a lot of Dearborns in in America where you can just walk in and have this kind of dynamic experience of this cuisine. Because I I've I've been with my mom at an Arabic restaurant and she tastes the hummus. She goes, what the hell is this? This is hummus. (laughs) 
Yeah, you know that's a good question. So, <laughs> you know what I mean. What is your what is your mom like? What is like? Would you consider like somebody like of you know like significant stature in your life or like you know who's like an alpha and like that that like what is the alpha food item that is like benchmark? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it is it hummus? No. What it, what it, kibby. Kibby? kibby? Okay, that's like yeah. if your kibby's no good, then you're just you're cast away. That's right. <laughs> and and people like moms in in my family and in and my friends' families, moms are known for their kibby. Okay, you know, and, and everyone thinks their mom's kibby is the best. Is the best, yeah. You know, of course, it, obviously, right? Uh, now, what are crucial kibby ingredients for the, for people listening? So, kibby itself is like there's a big disconnect, I think, for what people know kibbe to be. So typically when you say kibbe around people who don't really know what it is, they automatically think raw meat. Right, or, like, it's yeah, like, a, like the or, Middle Eastern steak tartare. Yeah, or or even like a pate, raw pate, mm-hmm. you know, uh, meat. That's not what kibbe is. Kibbe is actually a mixture of spices. Uh, and it could, it, it has, there's so many different spices. There's allspice. There's clove, there's, uh, let's see, basil, dried basil, dried flowers, dried roses, actually, rose petals. Wow. Uh, there's there's so many, lots of cumin, lots and lots of cumin. There's raw onion mixed into it. There's lots of paprika in it, too. Uh, and these spices are all mixed up, and then they add burgle, which is cracked wheat, mm-hmm. to it. And that in itself is actually kibbe. Now, what you add to it makes it either a... Raw beef kibbe makes it a potato kibbe. I've even had pumpkin kibbe. So basically, like, like kind of like what curry, right? It's basically exactly. it's the same idea yep. of like you make a paste and then you add it to mole. Yeah, like, you know, it's kind of kind of the it. same thing. Got so, uh, and the mix is really what they wear as a badge of honor. So what is you know, the ki- my mix is better than your? So mix what is the kibbe? Like, is it is it raw beef kibbe? Is that you typically what like? What do you think? What kind of kibbe are moms? Or is it just the spice blend? For for me, my mom makes a beef raw kibbe that is just yeah, I. So that's like the, that's, that's that's the that's, one thing. Like if my mom says I'm making kibbe, I drop everything. I go at it. You know? <laughs> okay, got it. That's my favorite. Yeah, you know, uh, like my my wife. Uh, my wife's actually Irish. And she's kind of like, I think this year was the first time where I saw her go for a second helping, like a second uh, morsel, if you will, of, of raw kibbe. Hmm. But typically she's like, no, raw meat. I can't get past it. can't get past it. It's raw meat. Is you know? she pickier on other things no, too? She, just the not, raw meat. Just the raw, yeah. she's, and I, I don't blame her, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough thing to get someone to do if they haven't, yeah, they're, yeah, they're not yeah, comfortable with it. It's it's funny. I, I I had a coworker that, you know, I we were talking about halal once, and he told me, so basically you were brainwashed. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. I was brainwashed when I was a kid. I they fed me raw meat. I loved it, and I still love it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So if you want to call that brainwashing, sure, I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs> we're all brainwashed in some capacity. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So and it's kind of the the same same way of thinking for her you know she grew up thinking raw it's dangerous raw meat it's is just, dangerous yeah, yeah. it's no good it's right. you shouldn't you right. stay away from it so for that taboo i think affects your palate oh oh definitely you I know mean, the psychology of eating yes. is, is i mean is inarguable yeah I mean, I mean there are people out there that you know they they eat these ants that taste like like lemon you yeah. know and they use them 
seasoning, like to to add citrus so, to, to a dish. Honestly, like I I can't do it. I like <laughs> I I like bugs. I mean, like in Mexico, you know, there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot of crickets, grasshoppers, ants. I mean, grubs. Like I mean, Junior I, has served me. I've eaten bugs. a lot of bugs. Yeah, and, like, and they're I was not, like, uh, they're it's not, good, but I don't want to say that it was good because it creeped me out. Honestly, I, I I think I was, I was slow. I was all slow to arrive to eating bugs, and like I'm totally here for it. I, I think bugs are delicious, I especially think, the, at least the Mexican preparations that I've had, like in Mexico City and Oaxaca, they're incredible. See, a lot of people don't know, but in Saudi Arabia, they're big too. Oh, really? Bugs? Yeah. What kind of bugs? And, and the reason being is because uh, locusts. And one of the way to fight locusts was to eat it. You, so they eat locusts. They eat I mean, locusts. Could, I, mean I guess yeah. it makes sense. But yeah. wow! So they, you can go and you can go and have a, get yeah, a locust they, in a restaurant in Saudi Arabia. I don't know if it's so much in a restaurant, yeah, like but a, definitely oh, yeah. street food. No kidding. Yeah. All right. Good to know. Yeah. So obviously we could talk for hours. Yeah. You and I are due for a walking tour or driving anytime uh, in in Dearborn ASAP. People can. Where can people follow you on Instagram? Tell them your in, your handle. Uh, F Serini at Instagram. F S A R E I N I. I should pop up. So check yeah, check out Fred. Follow him. Take all of his tips. He knows what he's talking about. I also have a blog, F Serini dot uh, com, and I have a YouTube channel. It's also F Serini, where I do some recipes. Uh, I have a like I I I've been trying lately because I'm I'm trying not to think as an Arab Lebanese you know, Muslim, I'm trying to think as someone like you yeah. that, you know, goes to a Lebanese restaurant and falls in love with Fatouche and thinks, man, I, I want to make right. it, you know? So I'm like, okay, what are the most popular things that people outside of my culture want to eat when they go to a Lebanese restaurant? They obviously want hummus. Yeah. They want Fatouche. They want tabbouleh. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to put those recipes up for people to try at home nice. so that if they're afraid to order it when they're at a restaurant, they can make it at home. And if they like it, they won't be so afraid later. So F Serini, YouTube blog page and Instagram. Instagram. Yep. Follow Fred. We're going to have you back. Uh, we should have you back for a recap of our tour of Dearborn. I, I can also come back during Ramadan. We can yeah. discuss that. We could discuss Hallel too. Cause know, it's never, it's Hallel is a, Big, big subject to to absolutely to tackle. Well, thank you so, for yeah. thank you for at least scratching the surface today, and I look forward to deep diving with you in Dearborn soon. Anytime, thank you. We would like to thank you for listening. Essential Cooking is produced by me and Alisi, along with my co-host Chef James Regato. This episode was also produced, engineered, edited, and mastered by Connor Anderson, with production support from David Lyons. Original music by the Mallet Brothers. Essential Cooking is a production of WDET's public radio station.